Hellenic Radio and Sahiti 2020 on 14:22 a.m. A warm welcome to our listeners today. You are tuned to the Saheti 2020 show, and as usual, it's our Saheti high school learners that take center stage here. They're learning and experiencing radio and podcasting, and we're all learning in this new age. So we're going to say hi to the team that we have on air, and we're going to have uh, different segments uh, today of the show so that we can accommodate all our learners. On air today, we have right now Basil, Antonia, and Alexa. So Basil, how are you? I'm good, thanks, Yula. How are you doing? Also very good. Another week has gone past. How has the online learning been this week? Uh, there's new challenges every week, but it's going nice and smooth, and um, it's, it's working very well. Fantastic. Alexa, how are you? I'm well, thanks, and yourself, Yula? Also very good. Alexa's always so chilled. Whenever we greet her, we always get this chilled vibe from her. So thank you for that. How have you been? I'm good so far. It's been actually quite a nice week. I enjoyed having the Tuesday off. It really was an opportunity to catch up on stuff and some sleep. So I was very happy. <laughs> Fantastic. And Andonia, how are you today? I'm great, thank you. And you, Yilda? Also good. And I saw you and Alexa actually on the Founders Day presentation. So well done to the two of you. Thank you. Now the Saheti 2020 team have been enjoying practicing their interviewing skills and getting into some very relevant topics for our times. Today is no different. And here with us on the show for our team to interview, we have Dr. Daniela Pitt. She's the Director of Academics at Saheti and also a very experienced and loved English teacher. So Dr. Pitt, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Yula. And uh, it really is an honor. You know, every time you think you've learned everything, there's always a new way, a new communication <laughs> and something that is going to keep us on our toes. It really is exciting because when we feel it's all doom and gloom, suddenly there is a silver lining and uh, we can see that we've learned something new, as you say, or we've been able to partake in something that's really been fun, which this for me, for example, the podcasts really have been. So it's just fun to have you on today as well. I mean, the times we are living in are reminding us of an apocalyptic fiction novel. It's been surreal. How have you been in this topsy-turvy time? Well, I always think that, you know, one of the things that life always teaches us is that things don't stand still. That whenever you think that you're going along the road and everything is going fantastically, then life spins us something different. And I, I always see those as opportunities because every time that life spins us something different, We've got to be able to engage with it and we've got to be able to make it work. And uh, I think that this has been, a, I mean, as sad as it is because of the COVID-19 mm. and, the, and, the, and, you know, the problems that it has ensued and the loss of lives and, and all the difficulties that are following with it. But um, it certainly has many, we, we see that the youth have managed to do things in the most amazing way, which gives us great confidence to the way the future will be. Absolutely. I think it's not only the youth, you know, we have to take our hats off to all the teachers. I mean, you must be so proud of all your teachers. Let me say that in conversation with parents, we're not in a rush to get back to school because the online learning has been so great. So well done to you all. I mean, it's, it's really been testament to a lot of hard work and success, I think, on, you know, your, your side with teachers and all the people that have really worked so hard from IT and so on, the whole school. So we're very grateful. Thank you very much. 
You know, we always were told that, you know, the, the fourth industrial revolution, that it is going to change the face of education. But it was looming at the back of our heads. We were mm. doing the training. But now it threw us head first into it. And uh, certainly necessity is the mother of invention. We all got together. I think we're very fortunate at Sehiti to have such an amazing team of educators because they, they really rolled up their sleeves, went head first and are still going head first, adapting and changing the systems as they're going along. Yeah. Uh, but the, the, the pupils themselves would tell us, you know, how they're featuring. But what exactly. is so amazing is that um, we haven't fallen behind at all in the curriculum. So, you know, my heart goes out to the Department of Education and those children who are in a very different position to, to our children at school. Mm. But uh, we're in the fortunate position that we haven't lost any curriculum work. That really is very fortunate and uh, something that's unbelievable. I imagine even with all your experience, it's not something that you could ever have imagined that we'd be in this situation. So never, really, never. Re really has been unprecedented, but well done to all of you. And I think Thank with that, you. it's time for me to hand over to Basil, because as I say, they've been practicing their interviewing. Um, I'm very proud of the Saheti 2020 team. They've come a long way um, in confidence, in their presentation. So, Basil, over to you now, and uh, you can interview Dr. Pitt. Good afternoon, Dr. Pitt. It is a pleasure to Hello, have you on Pitt. air with us today. What I wanted to ask was, if we look, um, at, if you look at what Bill Gates said at a conference with the New England Journal of Medicine in 2018, he said that we should be preparing for pandemics just like we prepare for war. He was criticizing the United States' budgets and expenditure on uh, the military. And that's kind of my silver lining from this. I think that um, this is a good thing to an extent that we are learning this now because this might happen again. We might get more pandemics like this. So I just wanted to ask, how do you think the school is coping with, um, with the online schooling? Do you think we're managing? Are we keeping up with the syllabus? Are you enjoying it? Are the teachers finding it manageable? So, of course, you know, change is always difficult at first, but we knew that we had to do it. And I think um, the fact that we were back online, I think it was 24 hours or 48 hours after lockdown was announced, we were already in training, is indication that we know that irrespective what kind of thing happens, irrespective what kind of curveball is thrown at us, we've got to carry on. We've got to find a way in which to make it work. And, you know, teachers, most teachers, and I would say all of us as Sahiti teachers, enter the profession purely from a sense of wanting to work with youngsters and knowing the importance that teachers hold in society of ensuring that at every cost you've got to be able to adapt with change, you've got to be able to move with the times. And um, at the end of the day, learning, the one thing that I can tell you is that you can learn under the most bizarre circumstances. We hear of people who are able to complete curricula under trees, without blackboards, without textbooks. And so this just puts us in a zone that is totally different. And I have no doubt, I agree with Bill Gates, is that this is going to be one of many different challenges that we are going to have to face in life. And I think that there are those lessons that are taught behind textbooks, behind computers, behind essays and mathematical formulae. But then there are those lessons that we learn beyond that. And I think that this experience is one of those lessons that we have learned beyond the curriculum. Okay, thank you, Dr. Pitts. Along with being uh, a, head of the, a head of department and head of academics, you also are an English teacher yourself. And I just want to ask, um, how are you finding it uh, as teaching online? Are you able to engage with your students in the same way? What do you think the limitations are of teaching online? 
Okay, so I must say that nothing beats the classroom. Um, I love the interaction, and I know that I've spoken to my colleagues. We all feel the same. The kind of vibrancy that happens in the classroom, where English becomes a very fluid lesson. I look at your reaction, I look at somebody else's reaction in the class, and I can see immediately whether my lesson is directed in the wrong, in, in the right way, or in the wrong way. Uh, that kind of system is you have to work differently on an online system, and so um, you know your, your interaction has to be a very conscious interaction online. You can do it. I'm not saying that you can't do it. We can do it very effectively. And perhaps I should spin the question to both you and Alexa, because both of you are pupils in my class, whether you have felt it to be sufficiently engaging for you to learn from the process. Um, I definitely think that it is, it is sufficiently engaging and we are able to engage with you. But at the same time, you can't see the confused looks on our faces every now and then or the the looks that we, we, or you can't see that we are lost by looking at our faces. Exactly. You don't really have that interaction with us. Exactly. Alexa, what yeah. do you think? Yeah, I have to agree with Basil. I've definitely enjoyed the synchronous learning a lot more than the asynchronous learning that we had last term. Um, but I do think there's a certain, um, it's like a lack of humanity at the moment because we just don't see people anymore. And I do think sometimes it is difficult to gauge exactly you know, what you're trying to take away from the lesson because you just, like, I think facial expressions are such an important part of education and teaching. I just think that that's really been taken away from us. So that, in fact, the two of you have summed it up perfectly. That's precisely what we're missing. So we've worked ways to try and integrate it and to make the lessons more synchronous. And I think that this is the process that we are working through, is that when you start with online learning, you have to gauge what works and what doesn't work. And in exactly the same way as in a classroom where you can have the same lesson and you can deliver it three different ways to three different classes. Um, it's purely because of the, of the group dynamics within that class. And so on, a, on, a, on an online platform, you've got to do precisely that. In fact, I think that what we, we've been doing, um, and I know that I've been working uh, very closely with Fred Scoing, our educational psychologist, and with the great controllers, is that we're working very hard at communicating with pupils because that lack of communication that Alexa is talking about is one of the downsides of online learning. And if you don't rekindle that communication, it's very easy to get lost in, in, in the stream. But we talk to people, we check up with people, we speak to them. But obviously, I can't see your confused faces. And hopefully, I don't confuse you all that often in the classroom. But I've got to know, we, you know, teachers have to know when they're, when, when you're not following. And so for the pupil who is active and, and responds, that is quite easy. But for the pupil who is quieter, maybe that becomes a little bit more challenging. But then your teacher will be the one who will notice that perhaps so-and-so hasn't answered any question or hasn't asked any questions. And then she's going to have to make time to connect with that student. But you've made very valid points. And I see that we're all feeling the same about it. Thank you, Dr. Pitts. I just have one more question for you. Um, I've, I've been getting a lot of messages from people that used to go to Saheti, from alumni, from past students, and um, they've been asking what's happening with prefectship and what's happening, uh, when is that going to happen? And also what have the prefects, the current prefects, been doing during the lockdown? Okay, so I think that it's been the most challenging from, from all the groups. I think the matrics, really, I take my hat off to them. You live right through, you go through the journey of Saheti, and you know that you have certain milestones, certain, certain privileges, certain things that happen with you at matric. 
And you know, they unfortunately can't do all these things. But they are stalwarts. They are amazing. And they've lived with this. And they're making the most of it. I know that our head prefects with the prefects have worked really well at rekindling all the emotions and all the, all, all, all the important moments of their journey as prefects. Obviously, you know, as management, we debated very seriously about um, prefectship, whether it should carry on and whether it shouldn't. And we felt twofold. First of all, we didn't want to take away from the new prefects um, the opportunity of running through the system in the most transparent and efficient way. And so rather than compromising a system, we have decided, like many of the sporting activities that have happened, that have had to be cancelled uh, globally, that this is one function that we are going to have to not cancel, but put on hold from when we possibly can. And we are hoping to do it, obviously, as soon as we get back. It will be done quickly and with great joy. Of course, with the prefix, they couldn't hand over their badges and, and those beautiful chains of office to the new head prefix. But the time will come. We are, in fact, reducing their uh, their duties a little bit so that they can start focusing on, on not start focusing, continue to focus on the academics because they're moving uh, towards their prelims, towards their finals. And these are really very important moments for them. Uh, they have continued with their duties. We've seen them uh, maybe in a different platform too. We've seen them doing their bit as uh, communicating uh, with you uh, and working hard and always upholding and leading by example, being moral leaders. And sometimes your leadership role has to change. And this is one example that they've had to learn. So they too have learned a very, very sound lesson as part of leadership. And they've shown incredible maturity in this process. So I'm very proud of them. Thank you, Dr. Pitts. I'm going to hand off to Andania now, who's got a few more questions for you. Thank you so much. Thank Basil. you, Basil. Well, hello, ma'am. Welcome to Sahiti 2020. Firstly, I'd like to start Thanks, off by saying thank you so much for keeping our academic journey on path, especially as a grade 11 student approaching matric. I think we all appreciate it greatly. I think that we've got, I think that we've got superstar pupils because, you know, it's, it's a journey that we have to journey together, not alone. And I think that we'd be all very proud of the way that you have all handled it too. So just let you thank know. Thank you, ma'am. Well, I just have a few questions as well. The first question I'd like to ask as well, how have the teachers managed to bend our curriculum to adapt it to an online platform? Because obviously there's certain things we can't do now online because it was designed for a classroom. How have the teachers approached that and decided what should be taken out, what should be added? So here's the good news. Nothing's been taken out. It's just been reconfigured in a different space. Um, even experiments, you will notice, have in actual fact either been simulated or they've been adjusted accordingly. Maths has happened. Um, so it is being reconfigured. We have held some of the uh, concepts that perhaps we would get more in a classroom situation for next term, but those are very few. But all you need to do is you need to reconfigure what you're teaching. Um, you, you can manage everything. I, I see that even in the cultural sphere, even your talented tasks of being, uh, uh, you know, of showing off your talent has been visible even on this platform. So I think that because you are creative and because your teachers are creative and passionate about what they're teaching, you can really do anything on the platform. It takes a lot of effort, a lot of planning, uh, maybe making some mistakes along the line, both with pupils and with teachers. All of us, we've made mistakes, uh, but we've, re we've reconnected. 
and keeping communication channels open. I think that um, we, we can proudly say that we haven't really cut things out of the curriculum. Well, that's great to hear. Um, firstly, I'd like to know, obviously, there's going to be safety precautions, which are extremely necessary. However, how are or how is the school going to deal with students who are hearing impaired or slightly hearing impaired and visually impaired? Because I know students um, who are hearing impaired need to see a teacher's mouth, obviously. And then students who are visually impaired and wear glasses, they can't wear masks that fogs up their glasses. Would face shields be allowed? How is the school going to deal with that? So we've got a task team and we've also got a safety team who are working on all the, all the uh, precautions and the safety protocols that have been issued by the department, plus additional ones. And obviously we understand that the masks are difficult, also because it's difficult to breathe. Um, uh, teachers, as, uh, I know that the, from the last briefing that we've had, will in all will be wearing shields. So we will be able to, you will be able to see your teacher's face. These are, are, are measures that are really, really stringent. Most important thing is that we've got to make sure that pupils' safety is of importance. You know, there's going to be distance, the number of pupils in the classroom, uh, sanitizing, all these things. But certainly we are taking into consideration the difficulties of children who have um, challenges to education as well. well. That's great to hear as well. And my final question is, we've heard of the news that if we are to go back, um, students whose parents, the students who um, won't manage to attend live school or physical school will be streaming it online. How is that going to be incorporated? Because surely if a stream's occurring, most pupils would say, and wouldn't the Teams platform be more interactive than just watching a stream? Well, on the stream that we are planning, you're going to be able to have interaction as well. You'll still be able to ask questions and your teacher will still be able to answer them. So it, it, it's, it works a little bit differently to the streaming that, that happens like on our assembly where there's no interaction. We are working on a streaming system where it's really just a bigger version of what's happening on Teams. So the pupils in the classroom will be able to listen to the teacher the teacher will have her laptop facing the board uh, where she'll be able to see the little hands going up and answer questions which the class will hear. So um, that is the next part of our training that we are going to be doing. And hopefully we're going to manage it with as much ease as we have done the first phase of our learning. Well, thank you so much for answering all my questions. I'm going to hand over to Alexa now. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hello, Alexa. Hello, ma'am. Thanks for passing over to me and Donia. So, ma'am, I just have two questions for you today. We've definitely heard a lot about um, the pupils' opinions and how we felt about this learning experience, but I don't think we've heard enough from the teachers. So have you found this experience difficult with regard to things like marking and, you know, is the workload more challenging from a teacher's perspective to be able to teach online? So let me tell you what, what has been, I'm going to talk from my personal perspective because everybody has taken, you know, has got their journey to tell. But the one thing I can say about all the teachers is that the hours have been incredibly long. It's because you've got to really work hard at making sure that everything is streamlined, everything is perfect, uh, so that the preparation has had to be quite extensive particularly if you're working with uh, creating material for online. Certainly the communication that we're feeling, uh, that we've got to stretch to all the, all the pupils. From my side, um, because you know, my role is a dual role, it's both in an administrative role as academic director and also as um, 
as a teacher, um, I found that I've had to do a lot of thinking about how is the best way for me actually to present this particular task? How am I going to do it? And and getting information from you, you will know from from um, you being a pupil in my class in Basel as well, that we have a lot of chats where I ask you, how are things going? But certainly it has been a very, very long task. And remember that the teachers, their moms, their dads, their, their wives, uh, they're looking after parents. So amidst all the teaching, there is life that carries on as well. So it has been difficult, but I think it's been difficult for all of us. But it's been also incredibly rewarding because small steps taken and the joy that we see and the learning that's taking place, I think that um, this is what's happened. And then you get used to it. You get used to it and you, and you tend to do things a little quicker, a little smarter. I hear from the pupils that the same thing happens from their side. You get adjusted to the online learning. But of course, we miss the corridors of Saheti. I miss the busyness of my office. I miss the hellos down the passage. And I miss the directions as you're coming in after break and telling me about what you've done and how you're feeling and where we're going. Those are the things that we miss. And I think, Alexa, you summed it up beautifully in your Founders Day uh, little speech that you did. Thank you very much, ma'am. Ma'am, I just have one more question. Um, with regards to going back to school to write exams, is that still happening? And if so, what are discussions surrounding people whose parents won't allow them to go into school to write exams? And how do you accommodate them for people who will be at home and at school? You know, how do you assure that everything is kept fair and just and that everyone's still receiving the same level of examination? So that is what's happening at the moment. This is all the thinking that's going on at the moment. Um, and obviously, the most important thing is we've got to make sure that it's fair and just for everybody. But we've got to, this is part of the planning. We're quite far ahead with the planning, so I don't want to give too much away. Um, but certainly we are ad adapting the system so that there is a physical learning space, there is a physical exam space in the hall. But obviously we know that there are going to be pupils who won't be able to come in for whatever reason. And then, uh, you know, we've got a couple of options of the way that we can do it. Uh, whether it's going to be online, whether it's going to be in the classroom, whether it's going to be a combination. We're looking at all those alternatives and looking at the fairest and the, and, and the best way to be able to go forward with that. I think I've got a couple of weeks and then um, I'm going to, in actual fact, uh, be working on that even further. But we're working with uh, the management team and looking to see how it's going to go forward. Well, ma'am, I could definitely help you with that. From a pupil's perspective, I'm more than happy to cancel. Oh, so that wow. would be lovely. Okay, that's, it. that's it. No exams. You're all going to party for the it rest of the year. It will save you time and energy. <laughs> you don't have to set anything. We can all just have a lovely, long Get 100%. Holiday. I think that's a great I idea. Shall, yes, there we go. I think I should take your, your opinions because I, you know that I value people's opinions and I think I'm going to carry them forward. Is there going to be a problem with that from anybody? Not at all. Oh, that's no, not for me. <laughs> you know, I must thank Basil and Andonia and Alexa. And just sitting on the sidelines here, listening in to your conversation, I've been incredibly moved. I'm hearing a teacher speaking to her learners, how she misses them, how they miss her, the interactions. And I really want to thank you all for the amazing questions that you've asked. And also Dr. Pitt for the wonderful warm way in which she's answered them. And I also realize how important communication is. And these shows, that's what they do. They help us 
to understand the intricacies of what people are going through in these times. And we've understood the difficult journey teachers have had to go through to really get those lessons across in the best way. And the challenges that children are having in trying to do the best they can online. So I think it's been wonderful so far and we're looking forward to the questions now from Christian and Shreya. But really Basil, Andonia and Alexa, thank you very much for your awesome questions. Dr. Pitts, thank you so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure to have you on air. Thank you very much for having me. Andonia? Thank you so much for answering all our questions. I think they are very overwhelming and sometimes you have all these students having all these questions that some of them may not be able to be answered. But thank you so much. Thank you and keep going. And Alexa? Um, we owe you a huge thank you, Dr. Pitt, for hearing us out today. Um, we hope you take our no exam policy into consideration. <laughs> and we always owe a huge thank you to Yula for giving us this opportunity. <laughs> it's always you. my pleasure. Well done, guys. Don't waste your youth growing up. Tune in to 1422 AM and Saheti 2020. So we're continuing with all our questions and Dr. Pitt, we're very glad to have her with us today. Some fantastic information for all of you listening out there today. And we're going to carry on with Christian's questions now. So Christian, over to you for the interview with Dr. Pitt. Hi, Dr. Pitt. So I have a few questions from me and other students for you today. One of the first points being is that the classroom of today has remained the same for decades. And this is the same for teaching. Um, with that said, what is Saheti doing to evolve education from what I described as a primitive style of education to something more suitable for the society of today using what we have learned from online schooling? So I, I think I do need to say that you are right that schools sometimes can get the impression of being always static. But there have been some changes in the classroom that perhaps we haven't noticed and that we have started to move towards technology. Certainly, I do feel that the experience that we've had with this online teaching is going to change the pace of education. Perhaps that we will be doing a few more lessons that are going to be in the flipped classroom. Perhaps some of our assessments will be done online. Perhaps when a teacher is absent, you no longer will have a free period. Uh, you'll be able to access synchronous uh, lessons. You know, I think that this is the impact of what happens, is that when you have an experience, it certainly feeds into the norm and they will be carried over into the classroom. So on the point of online schooling, in this day and age, information will always be available to us. So what is the value in preventing students from cheating in tests? And do you believe that the way in which we are assessed should be adapted to suit a modern society where this is taken into account? Well, at the moment, tests are only written um, in a, on a pen and paper on site. And I think that there are definite reasons for it, because on an insight, there is uh, on site, there are more uh, controlled conditions. Uh, but, you know, they're becoming sharper and sharper with computers today. Um, you know, there are cameras. I know that, for example, uh, with the IEB, we've got an online, we've got a camera that is stationed in our exam venue that people from the IEB can actually witness and watch what is happening in each and every of the venues uh, around the country. So I have no doubt that technology is going to keep ahead of what is happening. But I don't think that a full online system is the answer to where education is going for the very reasons that we were speaking today. You know, you need that human contact. There are going to be moments where you can do something online, 
but there have to be moments where things are in the classroom. That tangible, that real space um, cannot, in actual fact, be replaced. Under circumstances where you have to, by all means, but there is that, that real space. Um, it, it's really important, you know, as human beings, the human connection is what, what makes it. And when we look at all the research that's happened with artificial intelligence, they are actually saying that while artificial intelligence will be able to take over many, many, many professions, it will never be able to take over those professions that have human contact. And I think teaching is one of those spaces. So I've, uh, I've been discussing a lot with other students and um, they, they are quite concerned about a lack of communication between what's going on and, um, and when we'll be going back to school. I'm sure you've heard this message that was sent earlier in one of the teams group, or the group 10 teams group, probably I think one of the most liked messages um, with support from all the part of the grade 10 group um, about this lack of communication. So one of the first questions from uh, an anonymous student is, how is it possible that schools like Red Hill have been able to get all of their students to go back to school on Monday, but Saheti hasn't even communicated a date for a particular grade to return to school? So here's the good news. Red Hill is not back yet. They're making plans. They're going back on the 17th. They're not back yet. Uh, every school has taken measures according to their own school. The Minister of Education has actually given us dates when schools can go back. And we are looking at a system that is going to work best for us. Certain schools make decisions about going back for different reasons. There are four-term schools. There are three-term schools. There are schools that have boarding houses. There are schools that don't have boarding houses. And you can understand that when you, in actual fact, have a school where you've got boarders that have to come back into your system, you've got to make very different decisions to the kinds of decisions that are happening at our school. We've also got a different online system to what has been happening elsewhere. Um, our metrics were able to write examination. Uh, the system that we have has worked really well. We are talking at the moment, right now, as we're speaking, that's why I've got to leave this and go to a meeting about possible measures coming in, but it all depends on legislation. And the reason why you know, the communication that has gone out to everybody is as soon as we have information, we can let you know. But it's no good having information and retracting information. One of the most important skills in education is knowing that we've got to keep things calm and we've got to keep things safe. And the safety of children is what comes first. We've got the education in hand, and now we get to be moving in a different direction. You will see that this weekend your parents all got uh, surveys to fill in, uh, and we've got the results of those surveys, and we're working with those very closely to make decisions in the way that we can go forward. But we've got to wait for legislation. We cannot do things that are, um, that are wrong. We cannot do things that are illegal. And we've got to be able to do things that are right. And certainly, uh, we said that we will release that information as soon as it is possible. It's no good throwing things and saying, you're coming back to school and not coming back to school. And am I going? Am I not going? Under what conditions? But the one thing I can reassure you, Christian, is that when we go back to school, it's not going to be school as we've all known it. It's going to be a very different place uh, with very little interaction. So we've got, we, these are all important decisions to take. It's not easy. Agree with you there. School will be a very different place once we return. Um, you have answered one of the other questions in that statement, which leaves me to one left, um, and then that'll be it for me. Will there be any changes 
uh, to the timetable when we return to school? I think that it will have to be. Um, and we have spoken about that already at our meetings. It's because you're going to need time to sanitize. We run a little shorter. We're going to have to take into consideration that perhaps there will be children who will be staying at home. So all of these are, are factors that we've got to factor in to make sure that nothing is compromised and that most importantly, that you are kept safe. We mustn't lose sight of the fact that the curve hasn't even started flattening. So we've got to make sure that you are safe. And everybody comes from different backgrounds. People come from different conditions at home, different people with different health factors. And we've got to make sure that all our families are safe too. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Pitt. Um, that is all the questions I have for you today. Um, I think Shreya is going to take it from there. Thanks very much, Christian. Good questions. Hi, Dr. Pitt. Hi, Shreya. I'm I've well. only got... I'm good, thanks. And you? Well, thank you. I've only got two questions, so I won't keep you for too long. Um, these are more... Well, one is more personal. So the first one is, this whole online schooling is new for you and everyone else. Um, and you've been teaching for quite a long time now and suddenly everything has just changed. So what have you found interesting about online schooling and what are the things that aren't working really well for you? Okay, I think I have answered this already, but I'm going to give you an answer as well. You know, teaching is never static. So even though I've been teaching for all these years, the good news is, is that teaching has to move. It has to change. I taught uh, Eula and <laughs> and the way that I used to teach in Eula's classroom is very different to the way that I'm teaching today prior to lockdown. And I can say that for all the other teachers, because when you're teaching, you've got to teach to a particular age group. You've got to be able to uh, change with the times. You've got to be able to teach according to the way the new curriculum has going. So you're always reinventing yourself all the time. So what has happened with online, it's just a forced reinvention. And obviously, we, we've managed. Uh, we've done it quite well. Uh, I think that we've had a great success with it. And of course, what am I missing? Me personally, and I know that I'm talking to, uh, from the teachers as well, we're missing the interaction in the same way as you are missing that interaction. That is what is the big miss in the class. I can definitely agree with that. And my second question is, the government had announced that the grade sevens and matrics were to return back on the 1st of June. What were the measures Saheti planned on to put in order to ensure that social distancing is practiced? Okay, so the Minister of Education then had to retract her, her statement and yes. children going back on the 8th of June. And of course, the government has set out a whole lot of measures. Uh, they've sent out safety protocol measures, which is really very, very, very extensive. And this was one of the reasons why the minister had actually uh, postponed. It's because the schools were not ready. You can imagine some of the schools that aren't as well resourced weren't able to, to have those measures in place. Those are really extensive measures. The staff have already been trained in them, and we are doing over and above what the government requirement is. And when we are ready to bring back certain groups of pupils, uh, the pupils and the parents will also need to be trained. Okay, that's all my questions for you. Thank you so much. My pleasure. And I want to say, Eula, thank you to you and your team. I think that this is a fantastic uh, opportunity to be able to share the space and to be able to hear from the pupils and them to hear from me. And uh, thank you very much, Eula.
it's such a pleasure and it's wonderful to have this opportunity also for the people out there listening because they don't know the challenges that uh, teachers are facing, children are facing, and it is in conversation that we get to hear these other sides and it's really, really valuable. I must thank you as well for being a teacher all these years, for your contribution and to all the teachers out there We've seen in these troubled times that teachers are that essential service that we cannot do without. We need them in our lives to assist our children. The domino effect that, you know, it goes year after year, month after month in training our children to become that amazing next generation. So thank you very much for your contribution, for your love of teaching, for your love of your pupils. And really, we wish you all the very, very best with all this online and this new way of learning and teaching. Thanks for having me. Christian, Shreya, thank you so much for your questions. We've all learned a lot, I think, today from Dr. Pitt. So uh, really wonderful questions and good information. How have you been feeling about the interviews, Christian? Yeah, well, it's definitely um, a better insight to where the future of school will be heading, really, and where we're going to be in the next few months. Um, so I'm quite keen to see whether it plays out the way that we've discussed. Shreya, you? I'm quite eager and excited. I want to see all the new changes and new upgrades that the school is going to make. I really want to say thank you as well because you guys have done a lot of hard work. I've seen as well from Basil, Antonia, Alexa, great questions from where we started and where we are today. It's been wonderful. Thanks, Yula. Bye. Akute to sehechi stinea panelinia foni. So fantastic information there from uh, Dr. Daniela Pitt on what the online learning system has been all about, the challenges and uh, the vision for the online learning and the school. And we really thank um, all the pupils, uh, the Saheti 2020 learners for their questions. But we're going to go on to something else now. We've got Lutfia with us uh, on the group and uh, she's going to tell us a little bit about her art. Lutfia, how are you? I'm good, and you? How's everyone doing? I hope everyone's well. All good. And uh, we saw your art on Saheti's Got Talent. And I must say, <laughs> I was very impressed. You had told us that you had painted a bed, but you didn't explain to us exactly what that bed was and how you painted it and the mood that you managed to capture in that picture. That's the one that stood out for me because we'd spoken about it. Um, tell us a little bit about that picture. Okay, um, so I saw that picture on Pinterest, I think it was, mm. and I just, I really liked it because I just liked the colors. I felt that they gave off a very almost calm kind of tone, and I think that it was just something nice to look at, and I wanted to recreate that. And it really, I think it was the colors that brought about the mood. Yeah, I mean, blue, well, majority of the painting is like mm. various shades of blue, and to me, colors speak a lot. It makes you feel things and a lot of people don't look at it that way. But um, yeah, it's just something I look at when I look at an artwork. Right. And I think the, the mood was totally melancholy. And I think that is because of the blue. Yes, that's true. What other paintings uh, did you paint in this time of COVID-19? Because I remember you saying that you'd gotten quite into your painting and into your art. Yes, I have. Um, the, I would love to paint all the time, but also art supplies are quite expensive. Mm. Um, canvases and paintbrushes aren't so bad because obviously they last but you also want to be very um, conservative of your paint because you don't know how long it's going to last especially mm. in this time so you have to be very um, aware of what you use and what you paint which is not something I would like to do but unfortunately in this time you have to it, be yeah. it kind of stifles your creativity I imagine yes <laughs> 
So what, what inspires you then when you paint? Um, one of my favorite artists that I look up to is um, Frida Kahlo. A lot of people know her because of her famous unibrow. Um, she was a Mexican artist and she's, she's a very big feminist icon, which is something I believe in. And yeah, she just, she went a lot against of what many people thought. And she was just very unique in her own way. And I just really admire that. And it really shown through through her paintings. What message does she put out through her paintings? I think what she puts through is that um, you must always be confident in who you are and don't let societal standards sway you in what you do or who you are and yeah it's just a really positive mindset which i aspire to have one day mm, the messages behind the art could also be a reason why yes. people study art why do you think people um, okay, study so art? i think it's very important i would say history wise um, a lot of people don't realize that because they do the more conventional history but um, i find this portion of history to be very interesting and I think it's more important than like studying wars or whatever, not that it shouldn't be learned about, but I just feel that this kind of history and um, application of knowledge kind of inspires uniqueness and um, it's a different way of looking at the world really. If you had to find a way to express what you've been going through in COVID-19, do you think you'd be able yes, to do definitely. it in your art? I, I'm speaking for myself, I'm quite a shy person. And um, speaking out loud is something that really um, terrifies me a little bit, I guess. And art is just a really clean and it's a really nice way. And it's a fun way to also, you know, show how you're feeling and express yourself through it. What do you think are the pictures that people will be painting I in these times? I think some people definitely find, like, um, the situation lonely and downsome. And I think other people find it as a way to be creative so I think there's a lot of different ways of looking at it it all depends on how you feel as a person but for me personally I I like the long time I like I'm trying to look at the positives so what kind of picture do you think I you think would paint I would, uh, paint a girl and everything is just exploding from her mind because she now has the space and the time to kind of express herself that's amazing we Thank look forward you. to seeing that picture Thank I really you. hope that you paint it um, have you have you had enough time for your art these days yeah, with the online sort learning? of not much now because of exams are coming up but um, during my art lessons i do try and do whatever art i can and what message would you give out there to people that want to paint mm -hmm. maybe they're a bit afraid mm -hmm. maybe they don't know where to start you what know would you that say? is something that i've been pondering for a long time because for a long time my speaking my family didn't want me to do art because a lot of parents have that worry that mm. it's not a real subject or it's not um, beneficial, you know, in the way that other subjects are. It's a misconception, I would say, because you learn a lot about yourself in art, which I feel is a very important skill to have in this time specifically. Yeah. Not in this society, really. And um, I think they don't realize a lot of theories also put into art as well, you know. It's not only painting or it's that message behind your artwork. You get what I'm saying? And it's just knowing that, mm. you know, you can make a difference even if it's just through one canvas or one paper. And maybe even for yourself, as you said, some yes, people can't express yes. their feelings and then just putting it on paper would be a way to express and get out yes. some of those emotions that we're all needing mm. in this day and age. We're all needing 
a way to express those feelings and convey yeah. what is in our hearts. Lutfia, thank you so much. I really appreciate you talking to us about your art and well done. We were thank very impressed so with much. those that paintings. Means a lot. I don't know what other <laughs> feedback you got from people that um, watched Sahiti's Got Talent, yeah, but I'm sure it was very good. Feedbacks. It means a lot. Thank you. Well, you keep painting and uh, we'll catch up with you again next week. Thank you for being part of the show again on Saheti 2020. As we've told all the listeners, the show every week focuses on our Saheti learners, the Saheti 2020 team, all these different things. We're bringing it here to the show so that people can partake, usually live on air at Hellenic Radio, but now remotely from our homes. But still, we have been able to stay in contact. So thank you very much as well. Enjoy the rest of your week until we speak Thanks again so next week. Bye. Thanks, Lutfia. Bye. Hellenic Radio and Saheti 2020 on 1422 AM.